as sellers, we come in and we don't passionate about the products that we're selling, but our product sourcing is usually based off of opportunity. We don't really know who our target audience is unless we use feedback system like the sponsored product ads. Today's podcast is brought to you by Aurelia Pay. I use them personally for sending money to my Chinese suppliers from Hong Kong. It's a cross-border payment solution between China, Hong Kong, and Southeast Asia. So when I need to make a payment to a Chinese supplier, I just hop online to place the remittance, pay to the Aurelia Pay's Hong Kong-based bank account, and Aurelia Pay will settle RMB within the same business day. So check them out online at www.aureliapay.com, A-U-R-E-L-I-A-P-A-Y.com, or check them out linked in our show notes. Welcome to the Global From Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. Episode 212, Global From Asia. How is everybody doing today? Hoping doing amazing. We are almost in February and it is getting exciting over here in 2018. We have an amazing guest for you all today. We're talking about leveraging your PPC campaigns for Amazon with Brian Johnson, who we're excited to announce will be one of our main speakers and host of a mastermind we're having at the Cross Border Summit on April 20th and 21st of this year, 2018. And he's coming on today to give us some valuable information. We were going off for quite a bit, a bit on it. Talking about, of course, campaigns in your Amazon differences for launching and ongoing. And I was learning a little bit because we're in our e-commerce gladiator series going through this right now. So I got some insights as well. I'm sure you guys are going to enjoy this one. Without further ado, let's just jump right in today with Brian Johnson. Enjoy. And of course, show notes as always are on globalformasia.com slash episode 212. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another Global From Asia podcast. We're in for a treat today. We have Brian Johnson from uh, top Amazon PPC expert on the show. And thanks for being here, Brian. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Looking forward to this. Yeah, it's it's nice to have you, and uh, we've been talking a lot. We're well, excited to also have you. It's your first time to China for the Cross Border Summit in April, so really, yeah. really excited. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an adventure for me for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to. We were talking a little bit before the recording, and I think the best is just prepare for the you know the rocky. There's gonna be some uh, bumps. You know, as yeah. far as China business always goes, but we'll try our best to make it as smooth as possible for you. Yeah, I'm sure it would be a lot worse if I hadn't done already done some international traveling, just not to uh, not to China before. So, um, you know, I'll roll with it and then just uh, take advantage of whatever I can that is is available and works for me. So, sure, yeah, sure. So, do you mind maybe giving some people? a little bit about yourself and, and what you do for, for those listening first time. Okay. So, uh, you know, obviously uh, I'm Brian Johnson. So, um, the, my background actually is, um, as far as my e-commerce background goes is that I, I spent about seven years selling, uh, basically doing drop shipping of products on eBay. And that was primarily in the bank equipment, 
um, product niche. In other words, uh, the, the coin sorters, the money counters, the counterfeit detectors, those kinds of things. And I did that for about seven years through eBay and my own e-commerce sites. And I sold about, uh, God, what was it, uh, seven or eight different brand lines, um, you know, different product lines from different brands. Uh, and so that was something where I had tried out initially. I had tried out, you know, Amazon when it was first, you know, starting to get my attention probably five years ago, I guess it was. And I'm like, okay, I couldn't get it to work. I couldn't figure out get reviews. This was all before the amazing selling machine and a lot of the, you know, the courses, you know, yeah. and everywhere. And so, uh, I gave up on it. I'm like, nah, okay, you know, this is not the right platform. It's not, it's not mature yet, you know? And of course, you know, fast forward, you know, probably within the next year or two, I had already stopped selling on eBay, uh, entirely and started, you know, basically retooling, if you will, to start selling on Amazon. And that was during the, um, I came in during, uh, the ASM two conference. Um, at the time I was living, I'm, I live South of Austin, Texas now, but at the time I was in Austin, Texas. And so I had went to the first, the ASM two conference in Austin, but, uh, yeah. So I, I basically started doing my own private label sourcing from China uh, of products and selling that on Amazon and just getting my feet wet and learning, you know, the Amazon, you know, platform in general. And that was gosh, man, three and a half years ago, I think it was. Yeah. Time flies. And so then kind of my induction into uh, the Amazon world, of course, was selling, you know, starting out with a brand new product line, uh, sourcing a product my, and, and selling it under my own brand myself. And then, of course, going to these, you know, these new Amazon training conferences. And that very first conference, I'm sitting there in the audience and uh, lo and behold, one of the experts gets up there and he, he says, yeah, look at all these. There's some great opportunities. And he shows my competitor's product oh. up there. Oh, man. Within two months, I had probably at least 30 new competitors on that one product. Oh. And, you know, and that's, and that, you know, of course, anybody who's been in Amazon for any length of time knows that that's normal. You know, success breeds competition. And so you can't just, you know, rest on, you know, it's like, oh, I found my one product and it's just going to work forever. No, no, no. You got to keep on innovating. You got to keep on seeing, okay, how can I outdo my competitors? How can I add on new products that, um, allow me to, you know, so I'm not so reliant on one product or even one product line in some cases. True, true. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's always it's always a hustle and staying on top of the game. So, so then it must have. I'm assuming, or I'm feeling like you got into the PPC to to differentiate or stay ahead. Is that well? Yeah, part of it was I was just trying to figure out how to. You know, not only how to get, you know, you, you basically leverage the Amazon platform to its best. And this was before, um, you know, match types. Um, you know, this was, you know, there was only a couple of things that you could really do with the PPC advertising. There wasn't all this other kind of advertising available at the time. But um, one of the things, just because I was selling on on Amazon, even though I was a novice seller on Amazon, I knew more than you know, most brands outside of Amazon who weren't selling there yet. And so I actually jumped into, um, was kind of, I'll say forced into, but I had a friend of mine, a longtime friend of mine who, who really wanted help bringing his brand onto Amazon. And so I started consulting with him and doing full account management, you know, 
getting the product into FBA, um, you know, setting up the listings, optimize the listings, uh, analyzing competition. And that led me to, okay, we got to need to start doing some advertising. Fast forward a little bit there. I ended up having consulting for two or three brands off of Amazon to start selling on Amazon. I kind of set my own product sourcing to the side. I still did it, but I did, certainly didn't grow it like I should have. And I really started focusing in on the advertising because there was so little information out there. I saw there was a huge opportunity, but no training. There's there was nothing mm. out there as far as the training on it. And so I decided to just jump in and, and you know, just learn it. And then after a while, I'm like going, okay, I really need to know this. I need to know better. And nobody's telling me what I need to do. So uh, that's when I started um, a Facebook group community. And I had like, you know, three, 400 people in this group. And we were talking about like, well, how do you troubleshoot, you know, your, your PPC? How do you troubleshoot your sponsored ads? That group now is over 12,000. You know, I mean, yeah. it's just, it's just exploded in the last, you know, couple of years um, in, in part because of, I didn't have a choice. I had accountability to, to the people who were, who were paying me to consult for them. And so it required me to really step up my game and really to master it. And so I just started pouring time and money into to testing the platform and trying to figure out, uh, just continually testing. That's, that's something I've always been really good about uh, when it comes to advertising on Amazon is just constantly testing to challenge my own preconceived notions and my assumptions and keep better and better at it because of the level of accountability. And it used to be just my clients. Now it's, you know, thousands of sellers who are saying, well, you, you really need to know what you're talking about. And so I don't have a choice. True. You know, I can't even like step away. You know, it's like, I have to, I have to make sure that I'm still always testing and still no on top of just everything. It's true. Well, that's good. So, I mean, it's just, you're forced into a corner, you, you master it. <laughs> so, you know, I think uh, you were saying a corner to be in, I think definitely it's a good spot to be in the, you know, PPC for Facebook. I think the trend is going more and more to pay to play uh, rather than, you know, the organic or the reviews and things like that. So I think all these marketplaces have gotten people in like Facebook and others and China and anywhere in the world. And now you really got to pay to Piper. Is that what you would say now? Or Well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, you certainly, you know, it doesn't need to be like a have to part of your, your, your business plan. It's more of a case of it's a tool that should provide you information about your target audience that you can use elsewhere. So that's one of the things that I teach is that, you know, don't use, you know, sponsor products or, you know, Amazon's got multiple ad platforms as far as it has uh, sponsor products. It has AMS, it has, you know, different ad formats that are available. So there's different opportunities available depending on what you're doing with your products. But the biggest thing is, you know, I'm certainly a big proponent of using sponsored ads, you know, to, to run sponsored ads for a product. But most people think it's, you know, they, they come on and they may not have a background in, in advertising. And so they think that if they simply just turn it on, then the sales will come. And it doesn't work that way, of course. And so what, what I try to, I guess, compel people to do is to use the advertising specifically to, you know, at a minimum to learn who their target audience is. It's very common that as sellers, we come in and we don't, we're not passionate about the products that we're selling because maybe we went through a course, maybe we, you know, we're new to selling on Amazon, maybe we are experienced in selling on Amazon, but our product sourcing is usually based off of opportunity, not because we're particularly passionate about the product or a part of the audience that would consume that product. 
And so we don't really know who our target audience is unless we use uh, a feedback system like the sponsored ads, you know, the sponsored product ads platform in order to tell us what those search, the search terminology that customers are using in order to find our product and ultimately to purchase our product. So as a market research tool, that's where it excels. Now, if you can get it to work, and, and I know that I can, I know I certainly teach my students to, in order to get it to work so that you are both making money on the advertising and selling a lot and knowing who your target audience is. But even if you're in a product that has poor conversions, poor profit margins, that type of thing, use it for, you know, the first few weeks to learn who your target audience is. And then reduce your costs or stop using it. You know, if it, if it doesn't make sense for your product, don't just keep on spending money on it. Use it primarily as a product, as a market or a customer research tool first, and then take advantage of it if it continues to work for you. Yeah, I like that strategy. I mean, it's it's definitely true. We need to know our customer, to know our research, and get in there so that kind of goes into the next question. I think it's, is that, would you say that's product launch or is that more, I mean, it's also research, but it's also part of the launch it, strategy or? It is. Yeah, it definitely is part of the launch strategy. So um, when you, when you first launch uh, a product on Amazon, of course, Amazon is going to give you the benefit of the doubt, what we call the honeymoon period for a couple of weeks. <laughs> What we're trying to do is we're trying to we 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 we're kind of wishful thinking on this where we hope that we can turn on our product and turn on some advertising and it'll just suddenly show up organically on page one and and give us you know a hundred sales a day um, and those days are uh, long gone you know mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time you can you can reach page one organically you just have to do it with a combination strategy so. During launch, what I typically recommend is that you use the sponsored ads in order to really nail down who your target audience is. Amazon really wants us as sellers to really understand who our target audience is and focus on them. Focus the content on the product listing, focus the advertising to specifically those that have that are highly relevant uh, to the shopper. In other words, the, the search terms and the keywords that we're using in our product listing content, as well as our advertising is focused in on a pretty small group of a target audience that allows us to position our product unique to other competitors who are selling similar, but not the same product. So we might be trying to, uh, if we go in, if we're bringing in a new product, that is similar to what's already out there, then we're going to be competing for the same audience and probably the same terminology, the same search terms, the same keywords. And the, the, one of the best strategies I think that it worked for a, a lot of people, you know, this year has been to not, not try to take on, you know, that 800 pound gorilla competitor, you know, don't try to take, you know, try to get on page one if your product really doesn't belong there because it doesn't have the, the product reviews. It doesn't have the quality, the history uh, that some of these bigger brands that are more established have been. Try to figure out who your target audience is and some of the alternative uh, search terms that may not be as competitive yet still allow your product listing a chance to rank high organically and get you sales. But really, it's, a, it's very important to really prove to yourself which search terms that shoppers are using actually convert to a sale through your PPC advertising. That Makes will sense. give you, yeah, that'll give you the knowledge that you can not only 
focus your the content of your product listing, your title, your bullets, your description, your back end, um, but also allow you to, and this is the, the big thing that is going to have to be done in 2018, is to really leverage external marketing, including the Facebook ads, you know, the whole, you know, coupon funnels and that type of thing. Uh, certainly influencer marketing is going to be huge in 2018. Um, any kind of external promotions, whether that's a, you know, a product giveaway, there's even, uh, you know, there, there's, there's some new technologies that are coming out. Uh, as far as product promotion and reviews that involve blockchain, you know, some of these encrypted type of, you know, formats, you know, where you're using cryptocurrency in order to buy a product and then you can get a, a refund through cryptocurrency or through PayPal or some other method yeah. like that in order to get a, a review. And so it's, uh, you know, it, the same kind of stuff that we've always seen on other search platforms like on Google and Facebook is anytime the platform tries to block us from doing things, when there's a lot of money involved, we figure a way around it. <laughs> so totally, totally. it's going to continue to change each year. Yeah. I, I mean, um, here in China, if we check groups is, I mean, similar to Facebook groups, but I'm added into a bunch of these and they're all doing like free free product with a PayPal refund and stuff like that. So it's, yeah, that's very popular. Yeah. So it's, it's been, uh, it's been crazy. Yeah. I agree with you though. I mean, if, if there's money to be made, yeah, I mean, this, this people, there's going to be people finding ways to get around these uh, guidelines, but this is yeah. Interesting. I, I, yeah, I definitely agree that 2018, you have to use a lot of different, uh, outside traffic. So then I love the idea of using this for research and launching. Is there, what would you would normally adjust for ongoing, you know, keeping, maintaining, maintaining the listings and. Well, so for ongoing, uh, for ongoing advertising, for ongoing sponsored products, advertising specifically, um, because I also teach on the Amazon marketing services or the AMS platform, as far as the headline search and product display ads, those have different strategies than I would employ with the, the seller central platforms, sponsored ads for any kind of long-term advertising. The first thing I want to do is I want to make sure that, I'm, that I've got good campaign structure because the way that Amazon delivers the, the ad data, it really it necessitates that we set up the campaigns correctly. As few campaigns as possible, namely like say an automatic campaign and a manual campaign for a product group. So if you've got a single, you know, if you've got uh, a parent product that has multiple variations, let's say you've got a product that has, you know, five different colors, for instance, then you have one parent, five, five child products, put those all into the same campaign because it's the same product group. It's the same uh, target audience. And so an automatic campaign, and I start the automatic campaign and the manual campaign at the same time. I do not, unlike popular belief, I do not use automatic campaigns for keyword or search term research because Amazon does a very poor job of search term research for you. And so the reason that I use an automatic campaign and I set a fairly low budget, uh, low budget rather bidding, uh, combining my words there, bidding like say 50 cents for instance, is primarily to have my ads show up as a sponsored product related to this product on other uh, competitor product listings. Got it. Uh, 
And those usually show up, those will typically show up in our search term reports as an ASIN or, you know, an ASIN, right? And there's a whole strategy as far as how you handle those ASINs that show up in the search term reports. But the, you've got the automatic campaign. You, you separate each child SKU into their own separate ad group. Separating it into their own ad group allows you better analytics as far as which search terms actually converted for a specific product. It also allows you control over the optimization so that you can do things like you know, blocking the ad through um, negative keyword for, uh in, in a manual campaign, you can add on the ability to test in different match types as well as adjust the, the bids according to profitability, but you can do that per product, per match type. So you've got much better control when you set up a proper campaign structure and you segment your ad, ad groups uh, to separate the products. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. This is amazing. Thanks for thanks for sharing with us so so freely, and it seems pretty advanced. But there's definitely differences <laughs> differences here with ongoing, and then and then there's so many metrics. I mean, it's yeah, like you said, like when you had first started, it was very basic the ads. But there's, I think the problem now is there's two. Or I don't know if you'd agree, but for most people, it feels like it's overwhelming. What what kind of metrics should somebody look for when uh, when running these campaigns? I mean, there's probably so much. There's so much data. And well, here's what I'll tell you: is that if I if I am um, consulting for somebody, most of the, most of the kind of most of the consulting that I do, um, you know, I've got you know, community and course and software and agency and all that kind of stuff. And that's all fine and dandy. But when, when I'm doing actually like, like one-on-one coaching or consulting nine times out of 10, I'm troubleshooting, I'm troubleshooting problems, trying to turn around, you know, a a very expensive ad campaigns. Like what's, you know, what's wrong with this? Um, The first thing that I always look at, I look at two metrics, Okay, like you said, there's a there's a bunch of different ad metrics that you can look at, but what I'm looking at is from a sales funnel standpoint. Because if you imagine a, a sales funnel, for those who are not familiar with sales funnel, it's basically just kind of a visualization of how the shopper goes through the whole buying process, um, starting out with perhaps searching on Amazon might be the front end of the, the sales funnel or the, the top of the sales funnel, I guess. Um, and they're searching on Amazon and they're using certain search term, search terminology in order to find out, you know, to try to locate the product that they're thinking about. Now, while we don't know their intent, we, we can gauge how receptive they are to our ad through the, the click-through rate or the CTR metric. That is simply just the, 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 ratio um, of how many times that your ad is shown, those ad impressions, with how many times that they actually clicked onto your ad. So in other words, um, so that CTR, that click-through rate as a percentage, is basically telling you how often your ad appeared to be relevant enough to the shoppers who used uh, that search term when they searched on Amazon for a product that they actually took the time to click on your ad thinking that you, that your ad and the product that's being sold through that ad is going to be so relevant to them that they're likely to buy it. So if you, and I've got certain ranges that I consider strong or weak when it comes to click through rate, but that's the first metric that I'm looking for is, um, is my ad connecting with 
an audience correctly or incorrectly. In other words, does it have a really low click-through rate? If it has, you know, let's say the ad is shown, you know, thousands of times and yet uh, is only, only has a um, 0.2% click-through rate or below, then I'm going to say, okay, you're missing your target audience. Either your title's not targeting, your image is not, uh, your image is not relevant, the, the price, the reviews, you're turning away shoppers before they even get to your product listing. Makes Usually sense. that has to do with just using, if it's like a, a manual ad campaign, using keywords or your, your product is in the wrong um, you know, subcategory initially. But we, that's where we start the troubleshooting. If you're, if you're strong on the click-through rate, that says that shoppers see your ad when they search and they're clicking through to your listing. If it's strong, you don't need to worry about the front, the front end, the click-through rate. Makes sense. If, if it's weak, then you've got something to fix because you're not even letting shoppers into your product listing in the first place if it's, if it's too low. Makes sense. Makes sense. The second. Yeah, go ahead. please. Uh, the second metric um, is going to be the conversion rate. So through sponsored ads, we'll, it'll tell you the conversion rate or CVR. Um, and that is once the shopper is on your product listing, how many, as a percentage, how often are they uh, purchasing your product after clicking through on the ad and then and getting your product listing. And so that again, if, if, it, if you're weak on the conversion rate, then either there's something on your product listing that needs to be uh, tested better or corrected because it's turning away an audience. It, it, it introduces uh, confusion or doubt, for instance. Um, if it's really strong, then you know that your product detail page is doing its job. If you've got a 20, 30% conversion rate, your listing is doing a really good job of convincing the shopper once they're there that this is the right product for them. So that's the first things I'm looking at. I'm looking at how, you know, what's, uh, how well are, is the ad bringing the shopper in and how well is the product listing converting the shopper to um, a buy? Makes sense. And then what would you say is a normal, I guess it depends how much your people are spending on their campaign, but is this something they should be tracking, checking like daily, weekly? I mean, is there, well, I mean, I'd probably say, you know, I mean, most of the, the I mean, if you're, if you're using just um, Seller Central, you can do a lot of things through Seller Central as far as your ad management. There's some things you, you simply just can't do. It's not feasible without external, you know, third-party software. But if you're checking simply just Seller Central and campaign manager inside of Seller Central, then if you're checking, you know, on a weekly basis, for instance, that's probably about the minimum that I'd want to be monitoring that. Certainly you're probably going to be checking it more often than that when you first launch a product. Um, and usually those metrics are lower when you first launch a product because of things like social proof, you know, poor reviews, um, you know, you're brand new on the market, that type of thing. Makes sense. Uh, Starting is always the hardest for any, any business. Yeah, sure. Great. And so this has been awesome. I mean, I think some people are also intimidated. I think everybody always thinks maybe they need to be an expert or they need, of course, you know, you have a great service, but maybe some, some entrepreneurs or business owners try to do it themselves. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, is it possible you think? I mean, is it like a full-time, I mean, no, kind of it like, absolutely is. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the, the training and the technology has gotten a lot better over the past couple of years, and in part because of, uh, of, I mean, not to pat myself on the back, I suppose to pat myself on the back a little bit, but because I made it a definite effort in order to put that, you know, put these kind of things out there. And awesome. So the training has gotten a lot better. There's still plenty of free training uh, and resources available just within, like, say, Facebook communities or probably WeChat groups, I would guess. Um, and there's some great information out there and yeah, there's some, you know, there's some mixed information, but yes, you can do it yourself. Absolutely. I probably wouldn't recommend once you get beyond a few SKUs, I probably wouldn't recommend, um, you know, the spreadsheets of central, but you can still do it. You can still run the ad reports and look at the data and just make some educated guesses. Um, and you can get some basic training as far as campaign structure and, you know, what the, the most common optimization steps, optimization refers to um, identifying the search terms and keywords that are maybe underperforming or not performing and essentially handling those, whether that is, uh, you know, uh, blocking the ads by using negative matching or changing the bids or testing in different match types. There's different strategies that are available there as well. And so, yeah, if I were to come into it not knowing anything, it would be pretty overwhelming, but there is some great training out there. There's some great software out there. Um, and more important, there's some great communities out there where people can ask questions, even as a novice and get a reasonable answer. Great. Yeah. I mean, but I, back to your beginning, I think it's fine that, you know, you, you spend a lot of time, uh, working hard, educating people, you know, same, same with me. I mean, I'm getting, we, we gotta be less shy to, pat ourselves on the back. I think we work hard for helping people. So, so you have, yeah, of course people should definitely take your online courses and different products. And, and also going to my next point about tools, there's like you said, of course, maybe for, for, for beginning, you can get by with a few SKUs and, uh, and spreadsheets and, uh, you know, and, uh, what Amazon gives you, but you have a tool at PPC scope and there's others, but what are, what are some tools, people and of course promote your stuff too and uh, others people should look at well i mean so part of it has to do because there's a combination of tools that you probably need to really do it correctly um you know there's keyword research tools out there there's competitive analysis tools that are available um you know certainly um you know, like you said, uh, you know, the PPC scope is the, the, the software that I had developed over two years ago. It was the original. Um, and, you know, it's, it's still running strong. We continue to grow it. Uh, but we do have other comp, you know, competition that's available that, that's out there. Um, but what that, what the software primarily allows you to do. And I, and, and I know that the person who says, well, you know what, I know how to do a pivot table in a spreadsheet, so I don't need all the software, but the software actually goes farther because what it does, it actually compares multiple reports together. Um, and, you know, presents the data more graphically and, you know, trend data plus allows you what most important is the time savings of allows you to do a bunch of different changes across multiple campaigns, across multiple ad groups, across multiple products from a single interface um, that is not that easy. You know, if you're doing it through seller central, you have to go into every single, you know, folder, if you will, into each campaign, into each ad group, you need to make a change on just a couple of things. You can do all that in one shot. So in other words, it used to take, you know, 
my, you know, used to take myself, you know, a couple of hours on an account just to implement the changes that I want to, which prevented me to, from doing more advanced analysis or advanced changes. Um, these days I can do, I think probably with, you know, in less than 10 minutes, I can go through my core eight steps of optimization. I can, and I can get that checklist for you. Um, but I can go through the most critical optimizations in order to make sure that my campaigns are running efficiently. And I can do that across, you know, a hundred campaigns and, you know, hundreds of SKUs in a matter of 10, 15 minutes now. Wow. So there's, there's you know, especially on yeah, the one product. Okay. You know, you don't have that much to work with, you know, so it's, you can use uh, Seller Central. But once you start getting up into, you know, half a dozen SKUs or higher, you're probably going to want to start, you know, you want to accelerate your time. Um, mm-hmm. The software definitely helps you with that. Agreed, agreed. I mean, the data has, you know, there's so much data to process that, yeah, you got to get out of Excel and inter- interfaces. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Well, I know it's uh, this has been a longer one. I mean, it's been very valuable and and helpful. Uh, maybe we one more question, then we'll get towards wrapping up. But you know, what are what do you think are some of the biggest the biggest challenges you see people facing now with with these paid campaigns? I mean, is there some trend? Uh, uh, mostly just just not having a good understanding. I teach um, a concept called advertising objectives, um, and I'm, I'm amazed that it's not taught. taught by more people. Um, but the advertising objectives is really understanding the purpose of why are you, why you're using the advertising. Um, it, it's the, the common answer that I get when I ask people, okay, you know, what's your, your what's your objective? Why, why are you using the advertising platform? And the most common answer is, well, I want to increase sales and reduce my ad costs and be prof, you know, be, be profitable on my advertising and be on page one, you know, ranked organically on page one all at the same time. <laughs> like, well, the platform doesn't work that way. So <laughs> you yeah. want to pick, pick a, a more specific, you know, objective. And so a lot of times it's uh, assuming that it's a, it's a magic bullet that's going to solve all these things at once. And it really doesn't, um, you know, at a minimum use the platform for what it's capable of doing first and foremost, an audience market research tool so that you can then, um, do extra promotions and, you know, on page, you know, SEO, right. Um, search, you know, search optimization and listing optimization so that you can position your product, um, organically on Amazon better, more visible for a fewer number of target keyword phrases um, that allow you to generate, you know, allow you to compete better, you know, because you're focused more on a specific audience. So probably the biggest thing is trying to be all things to all people and using the platform incorrectly. You mean I can't do everything? <laughs> I wish. I yeah. Wish. You know, I mean, well, it, it can do it can do everything, but you can't. It can't do it all at once at the same True. time. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. You know, it's and so we really have. You know, we have um, a whole series as far as like here's the phases that you go through from product launch to market research to um, to optimizing the listings to, to get basically to break even where you're selling the most units at, you know, at a cost that isn't, uh, at an ad cost that isn't uh, bleeding money in the process um, through to profitable advertising. And those go in stages 
for a reason because that's the way the data is uh, works on the platform. Great. So, yeah, this has been awesome, Brian. Thanks so much. I'm looking forward to meet you in, in April. And how, how can people find you online? I know you have so many different resources. What are, what are some common ones you want to... Yeah, I'll tell you the four. I won't tell you my own personal, my own private label product line brand or anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) Taboo in this communities, but yeah, yeah, as far as from the advertising standpoint, um, you know, at a minimum, there is, uh, if you're on Facebook, look up the Amazon PPC troubleshooting group. Uh, There's about 12,000 plus members there now, and we've got some great checklists and resources that I can't pretty consistently. Um, if you're, if you're ready to go up to the next stage, then of course I have, uh, the PPC scope software at ppcscope.com. Um, if you want more advanced, um, if you want, well, I shouldn't say more advanced, if you want advanced training, like complete training, I've got a, a four week course called sponsor products Academy. Um, and if you want to uh, outsource it, then consider my agency, uh, the BrianRJohnson.com agency. Um, yeah. Awesome. Be glad That's to help great. whoever needs help. Yeah, definitely reach out. It's been amazing. And then our last plug is, of course, the summit. I'm excited to have you coming, our cross-border summit in April 20th and 21st of this year, 2018. And uh, yeah. your first time to China. So we'll... Definitely already getting some great interest and uh, and look forward to, to having you share your experiences and, and engage with some people at the event. Yeah, I've got some I've got some great content that I'm gonna be covering in a lot more detail um, at, at that conference. So I'm looking forward to being able to do that. It's hard to do that on you know on, on a podcast or anything, yeah. but as in a workshop type setting, you know, in front of a you know a small group, then I can really get into some of the you know, the, the nitty gritty, if you will. Yeah, it's great. And can't wait to connect to some, some uh, of our, uh, you know, network here and the side of the world. It's great to bridge, bridging the world together and, and these communities. So thanks exactly. again, Brian, and appreciate uh, coming on and, and uh, we'll see you in April. Sounds great, Mike. Thank you. Thank you everybody for listening. Thank you, Brian, for coming on the show. It's always challenging the time zones, and I'm preparing to head over to America, actually, after two and a half years. So we've been talking a lot, and it's his first time to China, and he's going to be in Hong Kong and Shenzhen, and we're also going to take him up to Guangzhou just for a day or so and have a uh, little taste of the Canton Fair, too. So adding lots of amazing stuff, as always. Global from Asia has been getting more and more to the travel and event business. It's a lot of work, but we love it. We love connecting with you. We had I had a great chat with Chris Davey, also runs an amazing meetup at the Canton Fair, and this is a friend of mine. And we're saying we we do these things because we we love to do them, and uh, it is a lot of work. I've actually had some friends saying, "Why do you do these events? They're so stressful and so much work." And but uh, it's a great time. It's a great excuse to get everybody together every year. It does, uh, you know, it does support a little bit of the business, support some of the show. Appreciate it. If even if you can't make it, send it to a friend. A lot of times all our attendees hear about this from listeners. So I know coming out to China is a big ask and, uh, you know, budgeting our event. But if you can't, even just sharing this podcast, sharing our events, we've heard that's how some of our attendees find out is from listeners who can't make it themselves. So every little bit counts. 
you know, every little, every little shout out is appreciated. And we are working hard. I've got to pack up my suitcase now heading to Florida. It's been a wild, wild ride lately. And got a workshop there and going down to Columbia, preparing for some amazing stuff happening there. And we're definitely living the life of global from Asia. And of course, show notes, links to what we talked about, the trips and the events and uh, the links and tools, globalfromasia.com slash episode 212. Have a great week, everybody. I might be on a plane when you're actually downloading and listening to this. Isn't life amazing? I'm in your head. <laughs> Bye-bye. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.